afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk, the Pastor is In. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has some questions. You know, in short, the program's designed really for me because, you know, there's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily things that are soul-shaking, maybe just something that's been bugging me for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, a casual front porch style talk with a pastor is often the best way to understanding. And that is what this program is all about. Today's guest is Wayne Lawrence, who is the pastor of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. Now, I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions to us by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org. Or call in during the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's 314-8210-850. That includes Metro East. Or anywhere in the continental United States at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor, welcome back. Yes, it's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> and a full disclosure here, Pastor Lawrence happens to be my pastor. I'm a member of St. James. And so, yeah, let me turn off your mic here while you adjust that, because you're making all... Oh, making <laughs> oh shame on you. Yeah, right, here we go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we got some things here to talk about. We were, we were talking a little bit off mic, and we discussed a little bit this before the program. Um, we're getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you had a birthday recently. I've got one coming up, and there is the realization that there are fewer days ahead of us than there are behind us. Right. And I know I've lost a lot of family and friends. Yeah, so have I. And so have you. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to a reunion this uh, in about a, uh, in about a week, my old fraternity, uh-huh. uh, which will probably be our last one because, <laughs> <laughs> given our age and how many of the guys are now gone, I suspect we're not going to be having any more. This may well be the last. So it it. it getting me to thinking how do we as Lutherans how should we approach our own mortality yeah yeah how do we approach something like that knowing that uh, you know one day we just won't be here yeah yeah and, and you know we you know we have to approach it with uh, with the belief that there is life after death you know um in fact, uh, you know, when we do funerals, um, you know, the the casket speaks a word of law to uh, to you know the people who have lost a loved one. You know, as they look at the casket, they um, know that the wages of sin is death, mm-hmm. and we are born to sin, and we are born sinful, and so you know we are all going to to die because of it. The soul that sins shall die. Uh, but uh, the, the purpose of a, a funeral service is to, you know, I, I never like when I go into these um, Protestant funeral services where they talk about eulogizing uh, the dead, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you going to deliver the eulogy, pastor, you know? And I go, <laughs> eulogy, now that's an interesting word, <laughs> you know, because eulogy really means that you are praising the person and it's not that we don't praise the person that is gone um, sometimes there are many aspects of their life that are a testimony to their Christian faith and uh, it's worth mentioning you know and it sounds 
as if we are eulogizing them, as if we are praising them. Um, but the main purpose of uh, a service, a funeral service, is not so much to to praise the dead as it is to counter the message of the, the casket, counter that message that says, look, the wages of sin is death. And uh, the, our purpose is to say, but that's not the end of the story, you know. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus and for Jesus' sake. Um, and that's, uh, you know, one of the things we like to do at uh, funerals um, in the Lutheran Church is to use a lot of Easter mm-hmm. hymns. The, the stories of resurrection. Yes, yeah. the stories of resurrection. Uh, because we are reminded by these uh, Easter hymns that Christ rose from the dead. And because he lives, those who die in him will live. You know, uh, we look forward to life after death. Um, and so, you know, we have to look at uh, our mortality in terms of, you know, there's more to life than this life. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are atheists, <laughs> you know, then we sort of look at life as if, you know, this is, yeah. is, this, is, the, is? Yeah, this is the end. You know, what more is there? As I, we were talking before we got on the air and uh, I was reminiscing a little bit about uh, that movie, Troy. Yes. With, uh, with Brad Pitt. And uh, he mentioned something that, uh, you know, I, you know, you sort of understand how pagans, you know, thought in those days um, when they asked him about uh, about facing death. You know, a little kid said to him, there's a man you're going to fight and he's so big. I would never want to fight this this giant of a man. And he looked at the kid and he said, that is why no one will remember your name (laughs) (laughs) and for them that's what immortality is immortality is being remembered but for us immortality is not just being remembered by people back here in this life Um, in fact um, we know now that God knows our name (laughs) (laughs) in fact um, in baptism what did he do he placed his name on us we are his yes you know, and, and, and that's where our mortality is in the fact that God placed his name on us um, in baptism and that we belong to him. Not who is going to remember me after I'm gone, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, you know, some of the um, Asian cultures, they worship their ancestors. Yes. And uh, some of them don't like it when when they become Christians because they go, well, if you become a Christian, you're not going to worship me when I'm dead and gone. And the idea is not to worship ancestors, um, but uh, to look forward to life immortal. (laughs) In fact, um, that's why, you know, as you mentioned the topic to me this morning, the hymn that came to my, one of the Easter hymns that came to my mind was um, hymn 490, in um, LSB, and uh, look at what it is saying um, in verse 5. In the fifth verse, it says, Jesus lives, and now is death but the gate of life immortal. This shall calm my trembling breath, 
when I pass its gloomy portal. Fate shall cry as fail each sense. Jesus is my confidence. Yeah. I thought, wow, you know, uh, it's something I often think about too, but, um, you know, when a baby is in the womb, <laughs> you know, they're comfortable. That's their world. That's all they know, you know, just being comfortable in the womb, being taken care of. I don't think they, they want to come out. No. <laughs> you know? Well, when they do, they cry. I wouldn't do that. Heck, I can't blame them. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> but eventually, you know, what happened is we out here, <clears throat> we, are, we can hardly wait for that baby to be born. Right. You know, we are saying, you know, when is this baby due? <laughs> and if, they, if the mother goes past nine months, we go, come on. What, what are you waiting for? Let's go induce labor and get the get baby the- through the birth canal and out in out here, you know? And uh, yeah. the baby probably wants to stay where, where he or she is. <laughs> but uh, after the baby is born and comes out, I don't think that baby wants to go back. No. But you know, it, we, you're right. <laughs> but you know, we could carry that analogy into adulthood because, you know, where people don't want to die. No. They want to stay here. This is the world you know. This is the world you know. Yeah. But yeah. the world on the other side is like when the baby is born. Oh, my gosh. You yes. Know, Ex- exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the ones that have gone before us and that are with Christ, yeah. they're probably sitting there saying, when are you coming? <laughs> you know, hurry up and come, you know. All right. And you're sitting here, sitting back here going, ah, give me, give me time. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying back here. You know, but by the time you get to the other side, you won't want to come back here. No, absolutely not. No. It's amazing you know, to look at how the different societies uh, look upon death. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I was thinking, um, I'm, I'm a fan of, the, of the, uh, this, this uh, series called Vikings. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've been studying a little bit about the Viking religion, Valhalla okay. and what have you. And, you know, even their gods were mortal. Wow. Yeah, Valhalla was not eternal. Ah. <laughs> it was going to end in, in Ragnarok, the final battle where Valhalla and the gods would be destroyed. So wow. even they didn't have that concept, even though they, to them, Valhalla was a glorious place. Yeah. But even to them, that was, there's an end. Yes, yes. And you, and you saw that so much in Troy, you know, where mm-hmm. he talks about... When he's criticizing the um, this woman that is like a priestess, and she you know take care of the gods for Troy, and he says the gods envy us because we are mortal. We can we are gonna perish. And he's like you know, <laughs> uh, you know. So this idea of mortality for them, you know, the end, and yet they still also had this concept of there's got to be something beyond the grave. Because then they wanted always to to say the prayers and put the coin on, mm-hmm. on the eyes of the deceased to pay the boatman who's going to take them across the river to the other side. So it's like, well, if there's, a, if there's another side, what's mm-hmm. over there? Um, but, you know, for us Christians, we're not uh, in doubt about what's on the other side. Yeah, we were not in doubt. We don't need the coins to pay. No, we don't need the coins to pay anybody to get across to the other side. Because um, it was paid for already by the blood of Jesus. Right. It's paid in full. So I get to go across on the other side. 
um, and there is life immortal on the other side. Um, you know, I like that part in Revelation where it talks about the the souls beneath the altar. Uh, and uh, you I know, need to study Revelation more. I've not yeah, read it a long oh, time. Yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good, um, um, it's a good book. But uh, the idea of the souls beneath the altar, um, the altar symbolized the presence of God. Um, in fact, uh, when uh, when Abraham went to the promised land, one of the things he did <coughs> was um, wherever he went in the promised land, he would build an altar. Oh, yes. Because if the Lord wants me here, then he is present with me, and he would always build an altar. And, you know, that's why our churches have altar, you know, again, symbolizing that God is present with us in, in worship. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the altar is even center, not the pulpit. You know, mm-hmm. in, in our tradition, the pulpit is off to the side. And what's actually in the center is the altar. And, of Be- course, it's open to the... Right, because yeah. because the God is the center of worship, not yes. the pastor. Yeah. You know, he's not the center of worship. Well, because I remember the, uh, I think the Catholics have changed now, but it used to be that the altar was completely fenced off from the congregation. Right. Where right. this is one This is one of the big differences is that we have the direct path to God. Right. Yes, yes. And, and, and I think also one of the things they have started to do was to move the, even the altar away from the wall mm-hmm. of like a freestanding altar. Um, and that's coming into our churches too. Some of our churches have freestanding altar, but either way, the altar is always in the center, showing that you know God is the present of presence of worship. He's present with us in worship, and you know the souls beneath the altar again in Revelation points to the fact that those who have gone before us, where are they? They are in the presence of God. Yeah, you know it's a it's a reminder to us that. Leaving this life does not mean we just, you know, um, as some, you know, you hear some teacher talk about soul sleep. You're just sleeping out there in the cemetery until until the resurrection. Um, My body may be in the cemetery, (laughs) but my soul soul is with Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I look forward to the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. You know, the body that I will get in the resurrection is going to be way better than the one that passed away. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> you know? I mean, the one I got right now isn't all that high. Oh, you know? no. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it is. Uh, and, and that's what Jesus' resurrection, you know, teaches us. Mm-hmm. Um, because when he rose from the dead, he had a glorified body. Yeah. And interestingly... He kept his wounds. Yes. And that was to, sh- to, to give- show us that, yes, it's yeah. been paid for. Yeah. Your, your sins have been paid for. Here right. are the wounds. Yeah. You know? And he didn't have to keep the wounds. No, you know? he didn't have to keep no. the wounds. <laughs> but and, those, I mean, yeah. He was showing you when Thomas came in. You remember? Right. right. Yes, when doubting Thomas, and he says, put your hands in my, you know, put your finger in the wounds here and put your hand in my side. Stop yeah. doubting and believe. Um, but the fact that he had this glorified body, a oh, yeah. body that would never get sick, would never grow old, will never die again. Um, that's the kind of glorified body we are looking mm-hmm. forward to um, in the next life. And that's, you know, the Christian confidence, you know. 
Um, and that's why, you know, we can look to the future with that hope and that kind of confidence rather than do it in a sort of a fatalistic way. It's the end. Yeah. You know, it's not the end. It's like uh, the, the new beginning. <laughs> By the way, some other faiths look at it, uh, you know, the Hindus who believe in reincarnation. And, right, right. And, you know, it's not really an afterlife. It's doing the same thing over and over right. and over again. Yes, it's, it's just, like coming back into this in, in, into this this circle, this cyclical yeah. way of thinking. And, you know, all you do is you're born to die, yeah. you know. Um, and, again and, and again and, and again. again and again, yeah. you know. And what do you come back as, you know, is depending on, I guess, how you left. But for us, this is not about reincarnation. We don't believe in reincarnation. We believe in the resurrection. Correct. Um, And that's what we look forward to, the resurrection of the body and and life everlasting. But we get to be with Christ. You know, even St. Paul says that when he, you know, talk, talk, talk about the possibility of facing death, which is better. You know, there's a part of me that wished to depart and be with Christ. And, uh, and there's a part of me that would like to stay here for your benefit, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, when we look at uh, end of life issues, um, it's uh, it's a way to look at it. Now, I think also, I think one of the difficulty for us is that we we're gonna miss the people, or we miss the people who have left us. Yeah, we miss them, and uh, you know. This time that we have apart, I think, is uh, is not easy for us Christians either. You know, we we grieve. Oh yeah. You know, and and, and Saint Paul in his epistle said, "We grieve, but we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope." Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, my parents are gone. My I'm, my wife died. You know, so yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, um, and I know my wife is going through that now because um, her. Her father was um, hospitalized. He had surgery, oh. and uh, um, they thought, you know, after the surgery, he would just recoup and just go back home. But um, his uh, recuperation seemed to be dragging, and uh, you know, there's just one problem after another that comes up. And instead of going home, he goes to the rehab, and then comes back to the hospital, and. So he'll be on our prayer list. Uh, yeah, he's on our prayer list now. <laughs> yeah, he's on our prayer list. And so, you know, um, they know he's up there in age. You mm-hmm. know, he's in his uh, middle middle 80s. And they know that, you know, this could be end of life issues for him. And you can see that, you know, he will be missed. Because, oh, yes. you know, he was... Uh, he was such as a rock of their life in many ways, you know. He was uh, uh, a good dad to to all of them, you know. Made them made their lives so much better, and so you know they they will miss him. I can you know you can see where they're gearing up for this, and they're not they're not at all comfortable. <laughs> they're not at all comfortable with the fact that he is not just recovering and going home. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, part of the difficulty for us is if, you know, someone leaves, you know, because of death, um, that separation is um, is not easy for us. We we do miss and we do grieve um, the passing of um, of loved ones. Well, they say, you know, the, the funeral really is for the, is for the living, not for the dead. Right, 
Right. It's mainly for, you know, for the people that are, because the person that passed away hears nothing. Yeah. He's not even, you know, just the body is there. Um, but he is with Christ if he died in Christ. Um, and so we are, and that is why, you know, that's what we do at funerals. We counter the message of the casket. You know, we remind our parishioners that even though you're looking at death, um, that's not the end of the story for us as the people of God. Um, the gift of God is eternal life. We look forward to to life everlasting. Well, like the uh, the hymn you just recited. Yes. You know, where the it, it's actually the gate to to eternity to eternal yes. life. It's the gate. Yes. You know, it's uh, you're leaving. You know, when you go through the gate or you go through a door. Mm-hmm. Um, you just left one room and you went into another, you know. <laughs> you left this premises and you went into another. And, you know, that's how we, we look at, um, at, at at death, as leaving one but going into another. I one that, that is it, even better. Yeah. I love that analogy that you made about, about before you are born and uh, then coming you don't want to get out of the womb. You don't. You know, yeah. Right. right. You, know, you want to stay in the world that you know. Yeah. The world that you're comfortable with. Well, it, it's it's true. It's um, it, it's. It, I've been to a few funerals. I wish I hadn't done. Because you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because there's that waiting thing. We we miss the people who are no longer part of our lives. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we look forward to that they will be a part of us in a, in a, throughout eternity when we join. Right. And it's, um, oh dear, it's going to be... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and as I was you know, talking to you about my brother, mm-hmm. you, know, and, you know, when, especially when a young person... Oh, what a horrible tragedy. Yeah, when a young person passes... Um, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to say when an older one passed, we say, well, at least he or she lived, <laughs> yeah. you know, had some time to enjoy this life before going on to the next. Mm-hmm. But um, it's especially difficult for us when um, when the person is young. Oh. And, uh, you know, my brother faced one like that when his son um, passed away. His son was diagnosed with a, a rare kind of cancer where the prognosis was not was not the best and uh it was just difficult for him to to watch his own son at age what 12 13 mm-hmm. um just dying before his eyes well i know that you know i i spent most of my career as a reporter and uh i've seen a lot of death a lot mm-hmm. of bodies but the ones that stick with me to this day yeah, are the children that I've seen. Yes. And, you know, just the... <sighs> heartbreak isn't the word. It's just... What's what's the expression I'm looking for? <sighs> that they, they've lost so much. Yeah. And, um, oh... I was yeah. talking to this young man at Planet Fitness the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk into the locker room and sometimes these guys are sitting around talking and for some reason they were on this morbid t- 
topic about that. About that. Okay. <laughs> they know you were a pastor? <laughs> no, they didn't know that. No, they didn't know that. They were on this morbid topic. And then this other guy walking, and he he's overhearing the conversation. And uh, he joined in. He said, you know, I used to work at a mortuary, and I had to quit. And I said, you know, what was so difficult about working at the mortuary? He said, it wasn't so much the death, especially of older people, but he said the children. Mm-hmm. That was what he said. He said the children. And he said, if you knew also that the child died because of somebody abusing this child or beating this child, causing the child to die, he said, it was causing him to drink. I can see where that would happen. He said, it was causing me to drink. I had to just quit working at the, the mortuary. I just couldn't take it. So, you know, this is not uh, not an easy thing for us. Um, but as Christians, you know, that's one of the reasons why we baptize infants, too. Oh, yeah. And I've never quite understood why other churches don't. Don't. Right. I mean, the soul is there from the beginning. I mean, the Bible's clear. Jesus said he knew uh, them in the womb. Yeah, yeah, from the womb I knew you. But look at that passage um, in 1 Peter chapter 3, where Peter equates um, baptism with the flood. Yeah. He equates it with the flood. Why is he doing that? Because with the flood, Noah and his... And his family were rescued from the flood by being in the ark. Mm-hmm. And what is he saying with baptism? He says, baptism puts you on board the church. Puts you on board the church, which is interesting. You know, that is why churches were built to look like the ark. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. And uh, where the people are sitting, what did it, what they call that part of the church, the nave. Uh-huh. Navy language. Okay. You know, you are on board this vessel, the church, and this is the vessel that is going to survive the storm of judgment coming. Because the flood was a form of judgment, was a storm of judgment. And God not only saves from judgment, he saves us through judgment. judgment. You know, and so the same way Noah and his family were saved through that judgment, when we baptize someone, we are saying, you are on board the church and you are going to say you are saved from the coming judgment. So that's why we baptize infants, because infants are supposed to be on board the church. <laughs> Law and gospel. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to take a little break here. We've got a lot more to talk about. If you want to join us on the topic of mortality, give us a call. the day which the Lord has made. For the lonely and homebound, for the grieving and dying, and for all those who are afflicted in body, mind, and spirit, especially for... 
Join us for a live broadcast of chapel at the LCMS International Center weekdays at 10 a.m. on KFUO. Friday on Issues Etc., it's This Week in Pop Christianity. We'll have Chris Rosebro answer the question, did Jesus expect Mary and Martha to raise Lazarus from the dead? We'll discuss the sacrament of holy baptism from Luther's small catechism with Pastor Paul McCain of Concordia Publishing House, and we'll play Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Henrietta Mears was one of the 20th century's most influential mentors of young Christian leaders in the country. Evangelist Billy Graham, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, Dawson Trotman, founder of The Navigators, to name a few. Her venerable book, What the Bible is All About, has been reprinted multiple times since becoming a bestseller in 1953. In her years as director of Christian education at Hollywood Presbyterian Church, she implemented a Sunday school curriculum geared from children to adults. In just two years, Sunday school attendance soared from 450 to 4,200 a week. She formed Gospel Light Publications in 1933, which has translated her Bible study material into dozens of languages. She said, The important thing is answering the need. And quoting from Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Guest pastor today is Wayne Lawrence of St. of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri, where you're talking about mortality and how the Christian should approach it. Uh, I'm going to give you an example here, a personal example, uh, if you will. I think I, you know, the, the thing is, you know, we're, we're dying for the moment we're born. We know that. Yeah. But do we really know that? Do we really accept that? Now, I think that the difference between the boy and the man or the girl and the woman is when they know on an emotional level that they can die. Now, we could talk about it, you know, as kids, we say, oh, yeah, well, I know I'm going to die one of these days, but you don't really believe it, not on an emotional level. Yeah. Uh, I remember my epiphany, if you will, mm -hmm. on that. I was 19 years old. Mm. And uh, I was in a motorcycle accident, and I remember the half a second or a second and a half before I hit that car, mm. I knew I was dead. 
Wow. Not a question in my mind that I was not going to survive this encounter. And uh, much to my surprise, I did. Uh, <laughs> but the thing was is that prior to that time, although I knew I could die, I didn't really believe it. Mm. I was young and I was immortal. Nothing was going to hurt me. Nothing was going to kill me. After that, I knew better. I knew that I was going to die. I knew it on an emotional level that my days were numbered. Yeah. Didn't know the number, but they were there. And that, I look back on that, and I think, you know, that was the day I became a man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, to know that, um, you know, and, and when you, especially as we get to our age, um, we are aware that... Um, we don't take so much for granted anymore, ah. you know, and I think that's part of, you know, youth, you know, Jackie Gleason once said, um, he think, um, youth is wasted on the young. I think it was Sinatra who said <laughs> oh, that. Oh, Sinatra. Yeah, okay, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, same group. <laughs> yeah, same group of people. You know? Yeah, I think youth is wasted on the young because, you know, when you're young, yeah, you're right. You take a lot. For granted, mm -hmm, you do. You know, you take a lot for granted. That's why we do really stupid things for me. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> no, what what really gets to me is when I see people up in our age still take the same risk. <gasps> you go, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're really gonna take life for granted at this stage <laughs> of the game. You know, <laughs> you know, and and I think you know, mm. especially as Christians, once we are aware that um, that you know we're going to die. You know, the wages of sin is death, but thanks be to God, um, the gift of life, the gift the gift of God is eternal life for Jesus' sake. Um, then we don't take life for granted, you know. We realize that life is to be lived with a more, with a better purpose. You know, we live our lives um, as a witness to Christ, you know, we live a more witnessful life, a life of gratitude, you know, of thanksgiving. Um, we respond to what God has done to us, and we live that life of gratitude. Um, you know, that is, you know, in fact, that's why we we worship. <laughs> you know, the the two actions that uh, that that happen in worship, uh, we refer to them as the the sacramental acts and the sacrificial acts. Um, you know, when the pastor faces the congregation, it's usually a sacramental act. Um, God is speaking to us through through this pastor. But also there are times when the pastor turns and faces the altar. He has his back to the congregation. He's a part of the congregation. And we are all addressing God, mm -hmm. um, and this is a, a sacrificial act. Uh, but when we think of sacrifice, we think of sacrifice more in terms of of Eucharistic. Our sacrifice is one of thanksgiving. You know, we are responding to the propitiatory sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, that uh, won for us the forgiveness of sins and life and so our sacrifice is one of of thanksgiving 
And so, you know, that's part of what we communicate in the way we worship, you know, with these two actions, the sacramental act and the the sacrificial act, this act of thanksgiving, this sacrifice of thanksgiving. But it doesn't end in worship, you know. Um, I like the, the, the Luke Demetis, okay. <laughs> which comes after communion, you mm-hmm. know, which is the song of Simeon. Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. peace according to thy word. According yeah. to thy word. You know, we leave church with the peace of God on us. You know, we have peace with God because of Jesus. We just saw his salvation again in the sacrament of the altar where we receive the forgiveness of sins and life. And now we are leaving even worship, or we could believe in this life. You don't know whether you're mm-hmm. going to just leave the service or leave this leave this earth. You know, our brother... Brother James. James got sick in church on Sunday, and, yeah. you know... Yeah, and it was... Uh, the people who are, aren't aware of this, we were at, at church last Sunday... Uh, one of our parishioners, one of the, one of the older gentlemen, uh, Brother James, collapsed. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yes. fortunately, we had four nurses, four, nurse. four nurses in the congregation, who were immediately <laughs> able to to help uh, help uh, Brother James. But the thing was, is that it happened, dang, just like that, just like that, just like that. Yeah. I was I was doing the prayers. Yeah, it was just before communion. Yeah, and I'm hearing talking and movement behind me, and I'm going, "What's going on?" And then as I turn around to consecrate the element, I realize there's a lot of members in the narthex. What's going on? And see, so James just you know lost consciousness, um, just like that. Um, so you know we don't know when we're going, but. We always know that when we leave, we leave with God's peace. Mm -hmm. You know, we are at peace with God because of what Christ Jesus did. And so when we go out, our whole life is to be lived. And, you know, the Christian don't take life for granted. (laughs) He realized that his entire life is to be lived as a, a a life of thanksgiving, to God as a witness. He's a witness to what God has done. And he lived that thankful life for however long God yeah. gives him. <laughs> you know? Well, I was talking to one of the parishioners immediately after service, and I, I should tell our audience that James is going to be okay. Yes. Yeah, he yes. did not He did not yet leave. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I was talking to one of the parishioners as we were leaving, and uh, what I was saying was, in a way, it was so fortunate it happened in church. Yes. Because what had happened was... Uh, he was surrounded by people who knew him and loved him. Right. And he had heard the gospel message, and yes. it was just, it was a wonderful thing. We've got a caller here, and I apologize for leaving you on hold here, from Nebraska, Willis. Yes, Willis, what do you want to tell us? Yes, I'm calling regarding the death of infants and young people. Okay. I, ha- I happen to be uh, 90 years old. And our daughter passed away when she was 53. Oh dear! Now I didn't look. I didn't look upon it as a a burden or anything, but I felt like God called her home to relieve her of all the trials and tribulations that we have to go through here on this earth. 
and I sort of feel the same way about uh, young infants, young children. They're, they've been protected by God, and they don't have to go through all these trials and tribulations. And that, that, that's what I just wanted to tell you. I see. I see. You know, it, it, you know that's a, a you know a nice a nice way to look at it. But you know, for a lot of parents, a lot of parents, it's it is so difficult. Um, yeah. I buried a child a couple of years ago. Um, that was uh, about uh, three years old. Oh dear! And uh, I remember when I was introduced to him. Um, he was diagnosed with with leukemia, um, little Victor Ebers, and uh, sweet child, you know. He didn't know, you know, how sick he was. And uh, when I went to the hospital, I was called by a colleague of mine from from Illinois, and he says, I think you need to go down to Barnes and meet this family. Um, this little boy is ill, and uh, I don't think he's baptized. Mm. And uh, so I went down to Barnes to meet the family and uh, ask his family if I could baptize him. And they said, sure. And uh, I was happy about that mm-hmm. um, and uh, baptized him that same day in his room. He was such a cheerful young man, you know. He got up and, you know, ran to the door. Oh, I have, we have visitors, you know. <laughs> And, you know, I baptized him, mm. and uh, the leukemia just got worse. And uh, even to this day, I still talk with his parents, and uh, um, they, it's, 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 it's very hard on them. It's very hard. And, uh, you know, that's why we have to remind them, and I think that's what um, mm-hmm. our caller is, is pointing to, that, you know, they have... Um, they have they're taken out of this life with all the tribulation and suffering that mm-hmm. goes on in this life. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad he's able to look at it that way, you know. But it's, it's not yeah. always that easy. We have to remind a lot of people of yeah. that. We have to remind the parents that, you know, um, little Victor is not suffering anymore. And uh, you will see him again. Well, let me throw another one at you. Um I have a I had a good friend uh who was a fellow broadcaster um and he and his wife had a beautiful baby oh. and the baby just died wow it was sudden infant death syndrome six yeah. just baby went to bed just happy and just everything yeah. next morning the baby was dead yeah how would you tell people about that i mean i you know, I, this happened before I knew my friend, so I, I wasn't, yeah, yeah, I wasn't intimately involved in that. But how would you, as a pastor, yeah. talk to the people about that? It wasn't that the child was suffering, right, right, but uh, the child is, uh, you know, and you know, you have, you can bring. That is again why infant baptism is so important. Mm. You have more of a word of comfort for parents, you know, if you can point again to the baptism of that child and say, yes, it was your child, but more than that, this was also God's child, you know? It's also God's child. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to miss this child. 
Um, you wanted this child to be with you and to raise this child. But this child is with, with Jesus. You know, you want to be able to comfort them with that knowledge that the child is with Jesus and you'll see this child again. Um, and if they intended to baptize the child, you know, you still want to also point to the fact that, you know, even though baptism is uh, is lacking, it was not rejected. Now, it's difficult if they didn't intend to, to baptize, you mm-hmm. know, um, that's a difficult situation. I would, I hope I ne- never find myself <laughs> right. in a situation like that. But uh, you always want to be able to point to baptism. And what do we have in baptism? We have more than this life. Mm. We have eternal life um, with Christ. And, and you know, you pointed out it's so important to do the the infant baptism. I mean, we we do it within within a week of birth usually. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, personally, I think even that's cutting a little fine. <laughs> yeah. but, well, look at when they did um, circumcision in the Old Testament. Was it the eighth day or something? Eighth day after yeah. the, the, the boy was born. Uh-huh. And what replaces circumcision is baptism. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it should be done pretty early. Yeah, right. <laughs> it should be done pretty early. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it is so important. And I, I, I've never fully understood the other faiths Yeah, that... Tend to delay. I know that they say, well, it, there has to be the age of reason. Well, I hear that argument. I reject it. Yeah, I reject it too because, you know, they look at baptism as something you do. Yeah. And, and for us, baptism is what God does. Correct. You know, um, and so for them, it's, uh, you know, the age of reason and uh, the child has to make this decision, this choice, have to choose God. And for us, no, we don't choose God. God chose mm-hmm. us. You know, that's what Jesus said to his disciples. You know, you did not choose me. <laughs> yeah. I chose you. <laughs> and, you know, so so baptism for us is, is about what God has done. You know, what God is doing for us in mm-hmm. our lives. What he put his name on us. We are his. Um, and uh, we have eternal life for that reason. And And, and so, you know, we don't... You know, baptism is not something that we just overlook um, and just, you know, we can get by. You see, for a lot of these uh, Protestants that don't believe in infant baptism, they just think that, you know, all children go to heaven. And (laughs) I don't think we can say that because, you know, we're all conceived and born in sin, Mm -hmm. you know, and... uh, and in, in in fact, in the baptism liturgy, that's one of the things we point out, that we were all conceived and born in sin. And that's why we need to be baptized, so that our sins are washed away and we have the forgiveness of sins and we have eternal life for Jesus' sake. Um, it is so important. When we think about end of life, <laughs> baptism has to be one of the crucial things we think about, you know, because who, you know, who am I and whose am I? You know? <laughs> who am I and whose am I? You know? Yeah. Um, I belong to God. I belong yeah, to Christ Jesus. It's not my own. You know, I belong to Christ Jesus. And how do I know that? Because I was baptized. Mm-hmm. That's how I know that. Well, I have... Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to broach on another topic here. It's somewhat related uh, and rather unpleasant. 
suicide. Yeah. Um, actually, that was my first uh, introduction to violent death. Mm. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers uh, committed suicide. Oh, dear. And I still, 50 years after the fact, still, it was like it had happened yesterday. I could picture it, the scene. It was, it was ugly. Oh, you saw it after it happened, or oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. It was a uh, he uh, he'd shot himself, and uh, I was <clears throat> I was part of the cleanup crew. Oh wow! And it was a uh, yeah. The sights and smells of that day I'll, look, I'll never carry forget. with me to my grave. Yeah. But the thing that struck me in in the more I look at it. Yeah. was what a horribly selfish act that was. The it, pain that this person inflicted on people like me, right? not to mention his family. The people that love him. And yeah. the fact that he took the most precious gift that was ever given right. and threw it in the face of God. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but you know, people that commit suicide are often... People with mental illness, you know? Yeah. They're often people with mental illness. You know, they have a pain that, this unbearable pain. Um, I've heard it described this way. Because, you know, I grew up Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember as a child, I was uh, taught that uh, suicide is the unforgivable sin. Yeah. You know, and that a person that take their own life was was just damned. And I wrestled with that too for you know for a long time. Is that the case of everyone that commits suicide? And I've also heard, now I've also heard it described another way that when you think of the mental illness that uh, that some people experience, um, it's described once as like running in the forest and a pack of wolves coming after you and you're trying to get away from them and no matter how fast you run trying to get away you can't they just catch up to you and they just tear you to pieces they just catch up to you and they just rip you to pieces and I've heard suicide described that way, but it's happened in the mind. Mm. It's the mental illness that just overtake the person like a pack of wolves, and it just ripped this person to pieces. We only see the action of the person. Yeah. We can't see what's going on in the mind. And, you know, you're right, it's a selfish act because it... it, 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 it you know, at least, it, you know, we feel like, you know, you have taken something from us, mm. you know. But it's hard for us to understand what's going through the mind of somebody that would go that far. What would make you do that? And I'm sure that, that God takes <clears throat> God takes into account mental illness. And yeah, uh, I'm not at all convinced that, that uh, the devil's not involved. In, in that. But you see, if, if, if the mental illness is like a pack of wolves that rip you to pieces, mm -hmm. 
can that snatch you out of God's hand? I would say no. Mm. So to pronounce that, you know, someone, because you took your life, you're damned, I would say no. I am not that person's judge. We are not in a position to judge anyone. Um, and so would I do such a funeral? I sure would. Mm. I sure would. I'm glad would. to hear that. Yeah, I sure would. Um, knowing that, you know, especially if the person was baptized, I would go, again, I would point to your baptism and go, no matter what happened to you mentally that would make you take your life, that cannot snatch you out of God's hand. So, yeah, it, it's painful, you know. Death is always painful for the ones left behind. Yes, it is. The loved ones, you know. And, you know, I, I can understand your anger <laughs> when you look at him and you go, how selfish could you be? Look at what you took from us. That was yeah. my 19th birthday, by the way. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, it happened to my daughter, too, you know, uh, mm. my youngest daughter. Um, she uh, had a high school friend that did that, mm. took her own life. And, yeah, it's very, it, it really shakes you up. Oh, yeah. That, that someone would go that far. Oh, yeah. Especially someone you know. If someone you know um, would do that. And, yeah, you feel hurt, anger, you know. But, again, we must remember that, you know, whatever is going on in that person's mind is something that we have not experienced mm -hmm. and would not want to experience. And, you know, we always need to withhold judgment, reserve judgment, and remember that... <laughs> I'm no one's judge. <laughs> you know? That is so important to yeah. remember, and it's yeah. so easy for us. And I will admit, I've fallen into that trap. Yeah, of wanting to yeah. let my anger, mm -hmm. in my anger, I want to judge you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, that ain't my power. No, yeah. no, yeah. no. Well, Pastor, we're, we got about 20 seconds left, or 30 seconds or so. Any final thoughts? Uh. Any final thoughts? Again, my final thoughts would always go back to baptism. Ah. You know, baptism tells me who I am, whose I am. You know, I'm a child of God. I belong to Christ Jesus. I am on board the church. And no matter what happens to me, I belong to him in life and in death. What a beautiful thought and the knowledge that it is so true. Yeah. You've been listening to Last Talk. The pastor is in. God bless you all. You've been listening to The Pastor is In, a weekly chance to chat with the pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.